0: Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. You're listening to Radical Radio 3CR.
1: Hi, I'm Kim Salmon. I'd like to have a quick word about uh, public radio, particularly 3CR. The thing about public radio is that it's more open than the more formatted types of radio to what's going on around it. So when you listen to it, you're more likely to hear a reflection of real life. And 3CR being in the heart of Smith Street, Collingwood, is a particularly good example of what I'm talking about. If you'd like to uh, subscribe... The number is 94198377. you to the sand. You could never understand motorists, cyclists are not another species. Most of them drive cars at least some of the time and they're not by and large willfully stupid or reckless but they experience the roads differently from you. So be patient. After all, it's not as if getting rid of cyclists is a realistic option now. There are too many of them, and the numbers are growing all the time. And a few years down the line, as petrol gets more expensive, you might end up as one of them yourself. Robert Hanks, The Independent, June 2006 all your blues away, forget all your troubles away, hop on your bike
0: any time you like, and pedal pedal your blues away. Your blues
1: Cast off those worries, bring back the cadence a little bit, sit up, get ready for that coast home. You're listening to the Arabug Radio Show here on Radical Radio 3CR, podcasting, streaming or listening on that lovely transistor in the kitchen. Many thanks to Amy Goodman and Democracy Now and a very big morning on this Equinox Day to Faith. How are you? (laughs) Good morning, Val. (laughs) I feel like my
0: my good morning should have been a lot bigger after (laughs) that surprise (laughs) insert. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Ah, <laughs> oh, well, at that special time when we're tilted between lightness and darkness Yes, yes,
0: <laughs> best time of the year
1: <laughs> And we've got a good show coming up as always A little bit of news, a little bit of events, a little bit of touring Which would be great um, Discovering one of those lost islands in <laughs> Western Port Bay <laughs> First up though um, Oh, it's been lovely riding weather I've got to say Perfect. Uh, perfect. I've uh, my bike little moment. I've had the extreme pleasure for only the second time in a long time to encounter the singing cyclist. <laughs> um, and look, I've got to say, very nice, uh, sort of Italian tenor sort of style of singing. Didn't know the song, um, but sang with a lot of enthusiasm. I I've think that's what counts. Yeah, oh, well, yes. Yeah. yeah, it does count. Um, I'm, yes, it does count, because within 10 minutes, um, I had the singing, singing jogger as well.
0: <laughs> I think singing is much harder jogging, unless I, you're riding up a mountain or um, really I've, pushing, you
1: know. I've got to say, it was <laughs> it was a study in, in two parts. Um, the jogger had a set of earphones on, so he was obviously singing along to the song. Uh, look, I, I think everybody, well, you can't hear yourself singing when you're doing that, but I've got to say, terribly flat, no emotion in the song at all. It sounded like um, a complete monotone. It was really quite interesting, whereas had this lovely, full-throated, operatic uh, voice yeah. in one minute, and this other one that was really sort of grating.
0: But I can tell you that the one who was completely flat and monotone in their head, sounds like the other one. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because as someone who is completely flat and a lot of cannot sing to save my life, um yeah. In in your head, it you, it, it's wonderful. <laughs>
1: That's why I've been fooled by those earphones on That's the 3, three to, for ages. <laughs> You apparently had a big bicycle moment. I shouldn't forewarn you on that, should I?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I was going to do quite a small one. Um, But just one of those very brief moments where I was riding down a a gravel road which um, headed towards water and the way it dipped down, it looked like you were going to ride into the water and there were some lovely trees arching over the road and my partner riding up ahead of me. So, um, yeah, just watching us both roll down this extensive, beautiful gravel road uh, towards a watery end.
1: <laughs> sort of like the Tom Roberts bicycle <laughs> moment as, as I go through the arch and the gum trees and then I'll put the billy on the boil. <laughs> it's just their, um, that sort of... It's a, um, I'm not sure what they call it, ley lines or something, but that idea of that horizon that stretches off towards infinity mm. sort of has a particular human appeal. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So we you're all like in- to
0: think we can go farther than we can.
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Dream on, dream on, mm. dream on. Ah, We've got a little bit of news in the cycling world, up and down. Um do you wanna kick off?
0: Okay. Well um I'll start with the good stuff. The um a group of people riding the Indian Pacific wheel race route left ah. uh, Fremantle on the weekend, setting out uh to head across the Nullarbor towards Sydney. Um there's been a couple of scratchings already. I think they had a very a couple of very hot, windy days. Um So if you'd like to keep up with uh, their adventures, there's a Facebook group called India Pacific Wheel Ride Dot Watchers. I'll put a link up with the podcast, but if you Google that, you'll find them and there's regular discussion and updates from the riders and also a link to the um, site that you can watch the dots. There you
1: go. More dot watching this.
0: It's dot it watching season. The inaugural Gary Weird Gary Wonderland ride set off in the Grampians this weekend.
1: Mm.
0: Most of the riders, I think it's just over 300 kilometres. Most of the riders are back at Ararat. Um, there's still a couple out approaching, getting close to Ararat now. Um, but that's a very pretty ride exploring the beautiful riding options in the grampians is
1: this that new trial
0: it's not a new trial it's a ride put together just Uh a route created by someone for people to either choose to follow on this set date or to do it anytime that yeah
1: there'd be a little bit of hill climbing too i presume it
0: had i think of three thousand and something meters so quite a bit Yeah. yeah i think that was um there was a a, a short and sweet option that um, had a bit less and was maybe 100 kilometres shorter. Yeah. So lots of varied and incredibly beautiful riding there. Um, gorgeous flora and fauna, lots to look at if you have time.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, if, you, if you're if you not racing through the scenery, it is yeah. one of Victoria's um, gems, I've got to say. Yeah, one of my favourite...
0: <clears throat> Spots for uh, some gravel riding. And the great thing about it, I'm not sure if we're quite there yet, but over winter, the four-wheel drive roads are closed to four-wheel drives Ah. so that they can sort of have a bit of a rest, and and, um, especially during the wetter months. So uh, um, that makes it also, I mean, winter there can be pretty cold, but if you're prepared for that, and I don't mind cold weather riding, um, it's a very beautiful, relaxing time.
1: Yeah, and um, a lot of those places down there rely on all that tourism down there now too, especially from cyclists. Yeah. A little bit, uh, without going into this, oh, no, too deeply. Look, the US, or there's an act before the Congress in America, Biden, to try and tighten up... uh, 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 emissions pollution in America. The plan is to actually try and... This is mainly focused around trucks and... Um, trucking and light vehicles, especially diesels, and to try and get the nitrogen dioxide levels down by about 90% to 2031. They're still a long way away. There's a piece of legislation that went through last year to try and start to regulate some of this stuff. But they've still got a lot of problems that we share as well about how to actually regulate and to enforce what they call tailpipe standards there, Uh, especially as the numbers from pollution look like and do have a really serious effect on inner city communities. So that's something to watch there.
0: Um, And here in Melbourne, the Herald Sun has been conducting a reasonably concerted campaign against the bike lanes in the city. Um, with a couple of articles being run over the last two weeks complaining about um, the bike lanes making it impossible for people to get into the city. Um, They did their own counts and, you know, found that on some significant routes, 25% of the vehicles coming into the city were on bikes, which is a, a huge number and speaks to the success of the bike lanes for the City of Melbourne. Cars are only, I think, from memory, it's around about 30%, 35% of uh, people enter the city by car, most by public transport, and the number by bike um, <clears throat> has in the past sat around or just under 20%, but it's it's uh, increasing all the time. There's a really interesting <clears throat> article written in 2017 called Beyond Bike Lash, Engaging with Community Opposition to Cycle Lanes. Um that uh, describes bike lanes as sponges for a sea of latent cultural and economic anxieties. And I think
1: that's... (laughs) Say that again, please. I'm going to frame that.
0: (laughs) I think a sponge for a sea of latent cultural and economic anxieties is a very good description of what is going on here. Um, And unfortunately what we do see is often someone sees these angst. As an opportunity f- for some sort of political leverage, yep. so it's 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 people who don't even care yep. whether the bike lanes are there or not, but they see the opportunity to rouse up a lot of anxiety and uh, as an opportunity to gain following authority credence or right down whatever. to votes, yeah. whatever. Um, and I'm, I'm, I think that's what's happening here. Um, when you read these articles the Herald Sun have been publishing, it's the same old players commenting um, and uh, the same ignorance being published and not much um, reference to actual facts Um Sally Capp, the mayor of Melbourne, published a great article in The Age a couple of weeks ago um, where she did lay down the the facts and uh, that's a really good counterpoint to a lot of this. But so I'll publish a link to that and also to this article on Byclash. I think it's timely that we all take a look at it now. Um, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's... um. I mean, the Herald's on there preaching to the converted and nobody else is listening, so... Yeah, well,
1: that's good. You keep it inside the corral a little bit. Yeah. It's become a real feature in modern-day life is actually one step forward and we expect the backlash, you know. Um, I'm not going to raise Elizabeth Street in um, Yarra City Council as a perfect example of an opportunity for outrage by people who... Are in need of a voice, or what was that? Uh, it's a sponge for a sp- political anxiety. <laughs> and a little bit of people feeling as if they have no say in things.
0: Well, and the thing is there are people who are generally anxious and and have concerns. But when someone is so quick to exploit that, all they get is their anxieties amplified. They don't get the understanding and the resolution they're yeah. seeking yeah. Um, so it's it's exploitative it's not helpful um and it's for their own gain they they're not doing it to help anyone else so yeah um and speaking of uh since you you verged into yarra um the just a reminder for listeners the yarra transport strategy draft is up for consultation Uh, We won't go into detail. Chris did a great program last week with Jeremy Lawrence of Streets Alive Yarra where they did go into detail about the strategy. Um, You have until the 11th of April to do the survey attached to it uh, and we will publish the link for where you can find that. Or I do recommend you go to 3cr.org.au, search for the Yarra Bug Radio podcast, Yep. and uh, look for Last Mondays and listen to the show where Chris and Jeremy talk about the strategy in some more detail. Yeah. And that will also have a link to where you can vote.
1: And you don't have to live in Yarra to do the survey. It's for
0: anyone who Ride lives, through. rides through, works. Yep. Yeah. Because you use that infrastructure too, or it's being placed there will impact you too. So...
1: Knee surveys are important because they load the council up with a quantitative result about what is actually going on, which is then can always be used to further things.
0: And if there are issues people are worried about, it gives council the opportunity to resolve them. Yeah. Um. So, you know, that's a really powerful thing if people can raise their anxieties about the impact of things and um, then... Council can address those, so Mm -hmm. and that's slightly less exploitative. And
1: (laughs) (laughs) now you're sitting at your favorite cafe or somewhere out in the street, somebody in a big diesel truck comes along, (laughs) parks out the front of the cafe, leaves the truck idling while they go inside to order a cafe latte, and come back. What do you do? You're drowning in these fumes as you're sitting outside. New York City's come up with a system whereas the general public can film and send in idling trucks wherever they're parked in New York City and send them into the city and then the owners of the trucks will get fined. I mean, this might sound like a... It does sound a bit um, over the top, but actually, if I tell you that last year... $2.4 $2.4 million, American dollars, in fines were levied at drivers and the corporations that own those trucks. The biggest thing about this is 25% of those fines went to the people who filmed the truck and reported the complaint. It's so does
0: the film have to show that they're idling for a certain for period of time? Minutes, so yes. you have to film at least three minutes. Three minutes. yeah Yep.
1: Um, There is one of the, um, I'm going to say, custodians of the roads who's already earned $64,000 in one year by filming and sending in complaints. I should add that actually that three-minute rule goes back to one minute if you're uh, close to a school. So they're really actually... I'm sure we've all seen this happen all the time. And this seems to be a... Needless to say, it's created a lot of friction and there have been a couple of assaults. Um, so it's just interesting to see the way somebody or a city council is approaching this. I well, mean, it's a
0: voluntary fine, isn't it? You don't need uh, to... Leave. It's, you, you can just turn your truck off. I
1: know. <laughs> I know. So it's... it's <laughs> look, look at this divide you are talking about with the Herald Sun. You can imagine what that, that yes. divide is just completely amplified. Um, so I'm going to go home and start filming those trucks sitting outside cafes (laughs) (laughs) actually I remember once I asked somebody to turn their car off and um, the gentleman said to me said you know it's such a great car I didn't even know the engine was going I said well the rest of us outside (laughs) certainly knew it was still going we're going to be back just after this quick break And you're back listening to the Arabug Radio Show. Now, just imagine if La Perouse and, I'm trying to remember, Buridan, who was the other sailor, colonised Australia. We'd all be like French Island.
0: <laughs> Sandy and corrugated.
1: Yes. <laughs> well, it probably wouldn't be called French Island. It would be called English Island. French Island discovered by one of the French explorers, actually, which is quite interesting. Yeah. That's why it's called French Island.
0: Yeah. Well, it's not what he called it, is it? No. (laughs) (laughs) uh, uh, (laughs) Have you been touring on French Island, Al?
1: I have not. Look, I've um, spent a day on the beach um, at French Island a couple of times. It used to be a nice trip across from Phillip Island, I remember, when I used to go camping along that beach at uh, Phillip Island that virtually – You can see, you can normally swim across to French Isle. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, well, we went down for a weekend on the bikes, um, and that's the first time I've been there. Everyone says, oh, it's awful. It's really corrugated and gravel roads, and it's very sandy. And it is, but it's not awful. It was really good fun. Yeah. So we ended up, we we were going to ride from Melbourne to Stony Point, but then (laughs) realised riding Long Beach Road is probably the second most boring ride in Melbourne, and um, you can do it any time. So we caught the train to Frankston with the help of a few people on the internet, put together a route to Stony Point yep. that was, it used the Baxter Rail Trail and then the um, Peninsula Link for a part. Yep. Then moved over and eventually got onto Stump Gully Road, which was... Yep. Gravel and really nice. Um, Hunts Road, which was gravel, incredibly corrugated, but very pretty. And then the rest of the route was awesome through lots of wetlands. And I suspect a lot of it was walking tracks. Yep. But there were no signs saying no bikes. Um, Just, just beautiful. And uh, so managed to do probably slightly more than half of the route on gravel dirt. Yeah, sort of boardwalk um, sand which was just a really nice way to get there um, the ferry to French Island, it was the long weekends it was pretty busy they squeeze oh, quite a lot of bikes on considering how full it was some of them <laughs> you look at it it looks a bit precarious <laughs> but they seem to know what they're doing, they've done it a lot um, and then once the ferry lands at French Island at Tankard and Jetty, we had, uh, rather than camp, we had booked, there's a little fibro shack next to the general store. (laughs) So that was about a three-kilometre ride from the jetty. Uh, The general store has a cafe which has decent food. They also sell a bit of food. Pretty limited choices if you're thinking of cooking. Um, The fibro shack was pretty great to stay in for one or two nights um just basic but nice and clean and everything and um and then just dumped our bags and took off exploring mm-hmm. so the roads are gravel or sand yep um the gravel roads are graded twice a year and i think we're pretty close to the end of a grading cycle <laughs> <laughs> But and it's a bit of a like you know a few corrugations now and then you expect it's a bit of a shock when it's just endless. But you do kind of just get used to it. Sure. That yeah. white noise in your body just soon, after a while you don't hear it anymore.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> and it's there's some lovely spots. You know, it's uh, just a matter of riding around and exploring. Yeah. Um. Pretty flat. Pretty flat. Yeah, even the hills aren't hilly. They they might be very sandy. Yeah. Um. Or different. Very. You know, riding uphill on sand corrugations is an experience. Yeah. But it's you're never going to be going. You know, it's a small island. If you really pushed it, you could do seventy kilometers in a day. If you're there for two days, it's going to be less than that. Yeah. Um
1: I think the highest mountain they said, 90 metres, I think.
0: Yeah. yeah. So we – yeah. And um, we went up to the Pinnacles, which, um, you know, is, again, a very sandy track. That one requires a bit of walking. There was one track through the cemetery, um, which did end up being deep enough sand that you you had to walk Get some off. sections. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, it was great fun. It was, you know – if if you know what it's going to be and that's yeah. what you're expecting. We were on gravel bikes with the variety of, you know, 38 to 42 millimetre tyres yeah. um, and just a good couple of days exploring. There is a lovely winery on the island yeah. right down on the southwest point and has beautiful views of Western Port Bay, Black Swans yeah. and... um after lunch there, and if you do the, the – they do a wine tasting with some very generous pours, and then we, we ordered a bottle of wine. <laughs> and So you don't feel the corrugations on
1: the way home after that. <laughs> <laughs> You're anaesthetised after lunch. Yeah. <laughs> so
0: I can highly recommend it. The camping spot at Fairhaven looked gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you could always ring the general store and check what times a year the grader goes through if you wanted to try and time yourself, it would be a little bit weather dependent but if you wanted to try and time yourself for a smoother time of year yeah. um it's yeah a a nice little spot i'm I'm not sure how much other riding kids would enjoy, particularly when it's that corrugated I... um but it's it's going to depend how young they are and how resilient yeah. they feel so. a couple of
1: quick questions french island always famous for its mosquitoes
0: well and uh, mosquitoes love me and i have a real i get really strong You've reactions got a to for them, them as well. so i um i took enough deet to kill us all and we did use it but it was not too bad in fact the worst bites we had were on the ferry over uh. and i maybe they were sand flies um so and they at the general store they said the mosquitoes have not been too bad this year so they they were not anywhere near as bad as i was expecting no. yeah yeah so
1: and chlamydia free koalas
0: yes lots of koalas clump road is if you ride up the coast road along red Bell and then down clump road that's really pretty Clump Road is gorgeous um and like just rolling sandy hills, and and so you get those nice views of your friend just ahead or behind you, sort mm. of going up and down dale, and and that has towards the Tankerton Road end quite a few eucalypts, which were obviously you know every second tree had a koala in it. So mm. yes, plenty of koala
1: viewing. And they were introduced to French Island. Actually, French Island was free of koalas originally. Ah.
0: Yeah. Lots of Cape Barren geese, uh-huh. lots of bird life. I think over two hundred varieties. Yeah. But um, the Cape Barren geese were strutting around everywhere. They were. We thought they were baby emus at first. They were pretty big. <laughs> <laughs> In the distance.
1: <laughs> and I think um, camping's free. I think isn't it? There? Or is it?
0: You have to book through Parks Victoria, book, yeah. and I. It's. I'm not sure if it's free. But the Fairhaven campsite on a long weekend had one small tent yeah. with a bike uh. and it was the most gorgeous campsite. Yeah. Like, you know, we would definitely go there next time. Uh,
1: that's one to put in the um, book of further things to do. Yeah.
0: Uh. And if you're looking for something to do coming up, it's well, it's a it's a fair way off.
1: I know, but look, yeah. you—you know—you can start studying. <laughs> You've probably got enough time to put your own exhibit into it.
0: <laughs> um, the handmade bicycle show has just announced their dates for early June, and that will be um, a very special show this year, especially after the very untimely death of Ewan Gelly. Yeah. Last um,
1: week, so. Um, oh yes, and. But he'll be on it at the show and live long in a lot of people's memories and yep. uh, Melbourne's bicycle world. Yep. Yeah.
0: And that's all we have time for today, Val.
1: What a whiz through French Island <laughs> and everything. Chris will be back next week and we'll be back in two weeks' time. Coming up next is She Bop.
0: You've been listening to a 3CR podcast.